Hi friends, I'm Kati and I want to welcome you to Free Life Chapel, where we help you discover and live the free life in Christ. I am so pumped that you decided to tune in with us today. Feel free to subscribe, drop a comment below, and check out our website at freelifechapel.org so that you can find out more about what's coming up at our church. But listen, I know exactly what you came for. We have an amazing message just for you. I, I used to ride a bike when I was a kid. You probably did too. How, how many of you, it's been like a long time since you've ever ridden a bicycle. you like, yeah, look at that. Y'all need to go get a bike. Hit those bikes. You know, they, they, they've got they, all different kinds of things happen with bikes, right? Like, like this right here is considered like a mountain bike or a trail bike. You can tell by the, by the different tires. It's got these knobby tires, you know, and it's got shocks in it and, and all that. So, so you can absorb when you're going through over rough areas or, or going through dirt or, or water. You're going through the creeks. You're going over some rough stuff, over roots. and that, that's, that's for riding trails and, and sandy areas. This one right here, though, the tires are different, and, and the way it's set up, it's got gears in it. This is made for road, road travel. Like, like this right here, like more, more asphalt or more, more of a smooth trail, and those different gears that you can gear down and gear up and speed. It's aerodynamic. It's light. They're completely different bikes for completely different things. It's, the, the bikes are built specifically for the roads they travel on. I, I, I want you to understand what I'm talking about. I, I, I grew up in Virginia, and, and, and we, we and, and I started wearing shoes like three years ago, so it's all good. I'm, I'm growing. I'm getting better. But, but, but we, 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 when we look at the bikes, we realize that they were built for these different kinds of roads. It's interesting because when we describe the roads that those bikes travel on, some are dirt roads, some are rocky roads, some are smooth roads, some are asphalt roads. We, we describe all kinds of roads. In Virginia, we describe the roads that we had there as well in a different way. We had real ingenious names. We describe roads like, oh, that's winding road. I know it's not real creative, but we just described what the road was because of all of the mountains in Virginia. It was a winding road. That's why we called it the winding road. We, we had valley road because the road went through a valley. There you go. Not creative, just reality. We actually had a road called Stinkin' Creek Road because the creek well, stinking, that's exactly right. And when you rode on that road, you're going to smell something funky. And it was no one in the back seat. It's just the creek. You understand? It's just, it's just not, that's just kind of how it, kind of how it was. It, the, the roads were named based on what they looked like or the roads were named based on the conditions you experienced while on that road. Now, what's interesting is in the Bible and in Israel, things are much different. We name a lot of roads around here based on what we experience while on the road, but in the Bible and in Israel, it, it, it's different. Like, for example, they have the road to Bethlehem is the name of a, of a major road. And, and there's a Damascus road, the, the road to Emmaus. There's the Jericho road. In other words, we named our roads off of conditions that we're experiencing while on the road but the Bible names roads not based on the condition, but based on the destination. Where is the road taking me? Not just what am I going through right now. Those are, those are two different things because, you see, you and I are all on a road right now. You're on a road. It's, it's a road called life. 
How do you know that we can go through some funky roads in our life? Anybody, oh yeah, anybody been on a rocky road in, in, in your, oh look at that, okay, a lot of rocky roads over here, okay. Anybody had a road of hurt? Anybody had a road of hurt you traveled? Oh, okay. Anybody had a road of blessing? Anybody been on some blessing? Look, just, just leaving the hand up the whole time, right? All right, I got you. Now, we, we all go through these things. A, a road of growth, like I got, I got better in that situation, right? A road of loss, a road of betrayal. A road of kiss my grits. Like we've all been through, like we, we've all had these different kinds of roads that we've been through in our life. But here's, here's what I want to challenge you with today. If you want to change your experience with Jesus and in life, we've got to rename our road and stop making it a dilemma and turn it into a destination. Stop cursing and focusing on what you're going through now and get your eyes back up on where you're going. Would you turn to someone and tell them, you got to fix your eyes. You got to fix your eyes. You got to fix your eyes. In other words, stop judging your life by how you feel or how it looks right now. Because this is only one page in a full novel as to what God is doing in your life. And if you get caught up in the picture as opposed to the movie, then you can incriminate your life as if it's a waste and going nowhere. When the truth is you're going somewhere, you're not stuck nowhere. God is doing some things in your life. So we've got to begin to name the road you're on based on where it's taking you. In other words, you need a destination in your life. You've you got you to get off the tore up turnpike and get back on the fearless freeway. Uh, you got to stop living on Angry Avenue and head to the intersection of Marvelous Mary's Drive and Big Bad Bodacious Breakthrough Boulevard. You understand? we got to change this thing around. That's right. Yep. Stop traveling on the toll road of revenge or, or the dirt road of addiction and get back onto the Jesus Junction and it'll take you right into the Freedom Highway. That, that's exactly what he's trying to do with your life. You can focus on how rocky things are or you can decide, but this is taking me there and that is worth this. So I got to keep my eyes there and not focus on here. Sometimes we get so distracted by the day. I get so caught up in what I feel right now that I lose sight of where he's taking me in my life. And all of a sudden I start judging my life as good or bad based on circumstances. This series that we're in is called Good Vibes. Or you hear some people say, I, I just want positive energy. I'm going to be honest with you, both of those phrases get on my last nerve. I hate them. I hate them. I just, oh, just good vibes. Good. What, what does that mean? Good vibes. I just want positive energy. Okay, whatever. But here for our working definition, here's what vibes means. It's, it's literally a person's emotional state or the atmosphere of a place felt by others. I, I want us to have a positive mindset. I want to be around kind people. I, I enjoy being around people who have a good attitude, happy people. How I many you know that's a good thing? Do not look at your neighbor, just keep looking straight ahead, but it's good to be around people who are nice, kind, smiling, joyful. It, it's important, but, and, and I love that, but can, I just, can we just talk raw and real here because we do it free life? The truth is this, life happens to all of us. Mm-hmm. You having a bad day? Give it five minutes. It'll turn around. You having a good day? Give it five minutes. It'll turn around. It's just kind of how life goes, right? The problem is this. Many, many people 
get their vibes. Their vibe is determined based on how their day is going. Ladies and gentlemen, that is scary. And toe up from the flow up. That means the weather decides your vibe. Good luck in Florida. Oh, my God. So, social media alters your vibe. Doing good until you read their post. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And all of a sudden, you're, you're off. You're, you're derailed for the day. What is that? Your job determines your vibe. A stranger looks at you in an odd way, and all of a sudden, you're ready to like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Your vibe is gone just like that. It's amazing how fragile our vibes are. It's amazing how we allow something, that one comment from somebody, and we feel like we have to respond to it. Why don't I just ignore it and just keep on walking because I don't need that in my world? What, what is that that we let? I want you to know tough times come to everyone. They come to everyone. This is why your vibe can't be based on the road you're experiencing. It's got to be on the destination ahead of you. Let me ask you a question. Where are you going? Are you sucking air and paying taxes, or is there a destination you have in mind? Is there a goal you're headed for? Is there something you're living for? Is there a dream rolling on the inside of you that makes today worth it? You see, your life has to be vibing based on where you're going, not where you are. Cindy and I, we, we love to travel, and especially when you get the chance to go on a vacation. That's all great. But how do you know you can, you can get on a plane to fly somewhere and the flight is not always enjoyable. You ever gotten on a flight and you're sitting there and you're getting all situated and you got that one seat beside you and you see people walking down the aisle and you're going, I wonder if I got to sit beside them. Oh, God, no. Oh, God, no. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. I wonder if they can. Oh, God, please. No. Oh, hey, how are you? Welcome. Yeah, good to have you. You're here. They're thinking the same about you. Do I have to sit by them? Oh, my God. It's just, it's, it's, and, and, and you, get, you get somebody who's got a bad attitude on the and you, you sit around a bunch of kids going to Disney. All that stuff, right? It's like, like stuff can, and Cindy and I have looked at each other before on these long flights. We got connecting flights and, and connecting flights, you know, you stop and they let wrong people off and then you put right people on and you keep on going. Like all that's going on. And, and we've looked at each other and said, if we can just make it there, everything will be all right, if we can just get there. If we can just keep our minds on the beaches and the pina coladas, everything is going to be fine. You see here, you and I, based on our vision, whether I'm stuck looking at the road or I'm looking at the destination, is the determination between it's the flight from hell or it's the flight to paradise. The two are simply one mindset shift away. And you and I have got to make sure we're living with the right mindset because your vibe will not be good if we don't live with that vision that life is headed somewhere. You see, the destination makes the travel worth the flight. I don't just get on there because I'm looking to get on a plane. I get on there because I'm going somewhere. It's going to Israel. The destination of Israel makes nine hours in the air worth it. Give me some Ambien. I'll see you when we get there. But I'm just, I'll endure nine in order to get my feet on that soil and then enjoy this tour. And when we go next November, you got to go with us. But I'm just saying that's exactly what 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 it, you got to keep your mind. It's going to be worth it. Tell somebody it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. You see, good vibes hit your life. Don't miss this. Good vibes hit your life once you decide the destination. 
And you understand that this destination is going to bring all kinds of roads to your life. The truth is this. The road is not the focus. It's just the path to everything God has for you. So don't get sucked into chasing the road for good vibes because you'll get stuck in cycles for the rest of your life. You'll be jumping from this road to this road to this road to this road to that job to that relationship to that church to these friends to leaving them to go over. Always looking for the neatest, the sexiest, the latest thing. Always trying to feed that vibe because your vibe only comes from the outside. It's all circumstantial. And I got to keep creating circumstances in order to feed me so that I feel good. But this is the problem because today our culture is stuck on something called toxic positivity. Our culture is stuck because when someone speaks truth, if truth cuts me, even though it's good for me and I don't like it, I start trying to reject them and I condemn them and I find folks who will approve my mess instead of having to change to fit what truth actually is. And I'm seeking just, I just want good vibes. I just want good vibes. I just want to feel good. I want to feel good about me. I just want positive people around me. No, it was positive. Someone used to spank your tail and tell you to fix your head and your life Check yourself before you wreck yourself and get you back in. Sometimes you need a mama in your life, even if it's not your biological one. Sometimes you need a daddy to be a daddy in your life and help straighten that situation up so you can experience the fullness of life. We need truth in our world, but truth doesn't always feel good. But ladies and gentlemen, when God's word speaks to us, it creates a good vibe inside because it's showing you the destination for your life. I'm not living based on circumstances. I'm not just trying to find something to make me happy. If you do that you'll be 45 and still living at mama's house good at video games which is nothing else we got to change that thing but right destinations involve rough roads just because you got some hell going on in your life doesn't mean you're jacked up or you're wrong no rough roads come to all of us well you don't understand I'm so lonely right now yeah, that's because right roads are not popular. You're going to travel by yourself for a while. That's exactly right. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's just so quiet on this road. Because mm -hmm. stupid voices usually leave when things get tough. And so it's kind of nice when all of a sudden I don't have all the chatter and all the clutter in my world. It's, that that could be good. Well, it's just so rough. Have you ever tried to climb the slick side of the mountain? Slick doesn't work. God makes it rough so you can actually get somewhere in life. We all go through these things in our world. And it's all through the Bible. No one in the Bible had nice roads all the way through. Joseph, th th this man, coat of many colors, he went in a pit. He went to a prison before he ever reached the palace. It was God's road for him. To get there, but had he stopped in the pit or gotten mad at God in the prison, he never would have experienced the palace. The woman who had the bleeding issue, the Bible says that she had the issue for 12 years. Her road was filled with bleeding, and, she, and the bleeding, she spent all of her money, so now she's broke. She's bleeding. She's seeking out doctors who failed at every attempt to fix her situation until she found Jesus. I'm, I bet she's glad she didn't stop in year number eight. She didn't quit in year number 10. 
10. She got to year number 11 and kept believing that there's going to be an answer. Heard about Jesus and reached for him. What about David? David's road required a lion, a bear, a giant, a psychotic king. 21 attempts on his life before he came, became the king of Israel and the great, 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 great grandfather of Jesus himself. Do you understand? David didn't quit. He had all kinds of reason to quit. And there's another guy that I just got to tell you about. His name is Scott. And Scott is 54 years old. And his road has not been filled with easy things. in. I've had plenty, plenty, plenty of things to make me want to quit and walk away. I've had the death of two children. I've gone through ministry betrayal. I've been no money, lonely, broken promises. Character's been attacked. I've not been white enough, black enough, brown enough for so many people. I've not been Republican enough. I've not been Democrat enough. I, I, I've not been spiritual enough. Uh, but, but, but I never, never would have experienced the joy of pastoring Free Life Chapel or Polk CI or have Excel Christian Academy or activate Christian Leadership Institute or taking tours to Israel or having my kids in full-time ministry or serving with this staff and these leaders had I quit when the road got rough. And it's not just me, it's you too. You had plenty of reason to quit, but look where you are right now. Don't quit, don't quit, don't quit. Keep walking, keep your eyes on the destination, not just the road. Turn to someone and tell them, don't stop. Tell your other neighbor, get it, get it. Don't stop, get it, get it. Don't stop, get it, get it. Sit down, y'all, y'all gonna start dancing on me. Watch. I, I told you that about me, not because I'm great. That's not my greatness, it's God's faithfulness. He, he has the ability to make all things work together for your good if you will not quit. I've told you before, no believer has ever been defeated, but they have quit. And if you stop, you're defeated. But if you don't, you will always win on the other side. So don't chase vibes. Pursue vision. I'm going to say it again. Don't chase vibes. Pursue vision. It's important because smooth roads can lead you to steep cliffs. And rough roads can take you to high mountaintops in victory. So you can't judge where you're going by what you're experiencing right now. Better days are on the way. Good vibes. You see, good vibes, let me put it this way. Good vibes should be the product of your life, not the pursuit. They should be the product of what comes out of me, not something I'm chasing in life. Uh, it, it, it should be your fuel, not your reward. It's something that moves me. It's, it should be inside, not outside. It's my purpose. It's not circumstantial. It's the thing that comes out of me. I, I got good vibes because I woke up today. And wherever I go, I'm going to spit those vibes all over the place as well. So if you're having a pity party, I'm getting ready to ruin your pity party right now. Because me and my party are going to walk up inside your world. And I'm going to smile at you and tell you, God is good. And I know it sucketh right now. But everything is going to be all right. It's got no option. We keep moving. We keep pushing. We keep trusting. So how do I keep good vibes in tough times? Because we all go through it. We all hit hell in our life. And then sometimes you hit hell. And then other times you hit 
hell. It, it just it, it seemed like, oh, is it going to stop? I, I want to show you how you deal. How do I keep good vibes? There's this guy named Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a cup bearer in the Bible to a king. What does that mean? It means when they served wine or food to the king, he was the first dude to take a sip and eat a little bit of the food. So if anybody had poisoned either one, he would die before the king did. How many know that would be a rough job right there? That would be a rough job. And the problem is, anytime there was a vacancy for that job, you knew some dude. Never mind, just, just come back. It's, it's, so it, it, it was rough. Nehemiah is serving another king, but he had a love for Jerusalem and the Jews that were there. And listen to what the Bible says in Nehemiah chapter 1. Again, how do I keep good vibes in tough times? Nehemiah 1, verses 3 through 5. They said to me, the things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They're in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. Then I said, stop, full stop, stop in the name of love. Stop right there. In this passage, we actually see the prescription for how to handle disappointment in life. Whether you need to write this in the front of your Bible, you know, however you need to record this right here, you need to get this down and see God's word is giving us practical application how to deal with tough times. Number one, here, I just want to move through what we just read. Number one, the Bible says, when the news hit him that the walls have been torn down, tragedy had hit, the Bible says, he sat down. That's a great start whenever difficulty hits your life. Because you know what most of us want to do? We, 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 we go screaming and crying and create drama everywhere. Saying it, spraying it, spewing it. Oh my God, you wouldn't believe. And if you're not doing it with your friends, you will on social media. Pull yourself together. Sit your hiney down. Stop it. Don't go screaming out there. Pull it. Hold. Sit down. This is, this is what the Bible is telling us. Nehemiah did. Sit down. Stop the distractions. Don't go public. Hold. Then it says he cried. Oh, this is such a powerful point. We don't cry today. We get angry and leave. We don't cry. We don't allow ourselves to feel the human aspect of disappointment anymore. We try to deny it away. We try to act like it doesn't matter. Can I tell you, when Cindy and I lost our two kids, we cried. I was in a fetal position in one corner. She was in the other. It's exactly how it should have been. Sucking air. Trying to get through it in our humanity. Hurt, broken, distraught, confused, all kinds of questions, wondering this and that. 
a mess. We in our culture today need to elevate the opportunity, the opportunity of going emotional and crying and feeling and embracing the suck when life hits. It's okay. You need to get in your truck and drive down the road, sit in the woods and cry, then take a ride and cry. But get somewhere alone and feel it and own that. It hurts. It's painful. It's what happened. Deal with the emotions of what's happening in your world. Nehemiah did. He, he sat down, he cried. Then the Bible says, he prayed. This is so good. Because after you've had your human experience, don't forget to pray. Would you turn to someone and tell them, have you prayed about it? Just, just, just ask them, they'll understand. Have you prayed about it? Because usually what we do is we jump up, we run, we scream, we post it all over social media. We got all kinds of craziness going on. We start blaming everybody else and then we leave God out. But the Bible says just the opposite. Sit yourself down. Get emo- Feel that. It hurts. It's betrayal. It's painful. Yes, cry. It's so- now, talk to Jesus about it. Now, go spiritual on that natural pain. Now, lean into that. And the Bible says that when he did this, he also, he then repented. What repentance is, is not just that I went wrong. Repentance can be I'm realigning my life with God. I want to make sure my mind is where his mind is. I want to make sure my lifestyle is in order with him. I want to realign my life with him. And then it says he went this far. Then, then we just read those last couple of words. Then I said, oh, I love those words. Because what comes after that is Nehemiah, you got to read this for yourself. He begins to brag on his amazing God. But God, you're powerful and you're faithful. And you did it then, you're going to do it again. You're, you're mighty, you're glorious, you're higher than every situation I'm facing right now. You did it for my grandfather, you did it for my daddy, and if you did it for them, you're going to do it for me. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you something? We need to start sharing how good God has been to us, to our kids. They need to hear from us that he's faithful and that he'll get them through because you have to understand they've not lived enough life, they've not been through enough hell, or they're facing enough situations that they've. it's the first time they've experienced it. They need to know that you as their parent, as a grandparent, as a friend have been through it and if God did it for you then God will do it for them. They begin to live on your faith. They begin to live on your hope. They begin to live on your Jesus. We got to open our mouth and tell somebody how good God has been to us and it begins to pour life in. Nehemiah begins to brag on God. You're faithful. You're good. I love the fact. I love the fact that it says then I said. In other words, I'm being human and I got all that going on but I'm not going to live in that you got to get to verse 3 of this where you got to finish you got to begin to pray the prayer God I trust you you're faithful you're good you're God and as he began to say this all of a sudden he began to speak God's power he was resetting his vision back on who God was off the road and back on the destination God you're doing something with my life and I'm trusting you even when I can't see you Oh, I love this reality. David did this all through the psalm. I love the fact when David was not biblically correct. He prayed prayers that a lot of folks would not want to hear and think that it was sacrilegious because he just shared his heart with God. How many know you can talk plain to God? You ain't going to rock his world. It's okay. He can handle it. He knows what you're thinking anyhow. Psalm chapter 22, listen to what David wrote here. I love this. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? My God, I cry in the daytime, but you're not answering. In the night season, I'm not silent. What? Better shut your mouth right there. But you are holy. Did you see what he did? He said, I'm jacked up. I got questions. I'm frustrated. The road sucketh. I'm not enjoying the situation. They lost their mind. I got attacked. They betrayed me. They got that mess going on. I'm wondering where you are. I don't see anything happening. I'm not seeing your word work. I'm praying. Where are you? And then they goes, but God, you're holy. In other words, here's what he's saying. I got all my mess going on, but you're not like me. You're higher than my situation. And you're more faithful than the people around me. And you know what you're doing in my life when I don't understand what's going on. And just because it doesn't feel good doesn't mean that you are good. And you're working all things together for my good. So instead of bailing in this situation, I may as well hang in here. I'm going to hang on based on your credit. I'm going to hang on based on your resume. If you did it then you're going to do it again I know you're good I know you're God and I'm holding on because God you haven't dropped me then you're not going to drop me now I still have my questions but I know you're able to do exceeding abundantly above all I could ever ask or think according to your power working in me I don't feel it but I know you're good so let's go there God you're different yes and then and then Nehemiah takes another big step he said, while I'm at it, since you are God and you're good and great, I'm asking for your favor. No, he said, he just straight went there. David, he, he preached him. He was in a bad attitude. He started talking about God's greatness. It changed his mind, was reminded that God's not stuck even though he is. And he said, so while you're at it, if you give some favor to your boy, I'd appreciate that right now. He begins to pray for some favor. That's Nehemiah is declaring, God, I need you. I want you to put this on my life, your grace and your favor. Then the Bible says he got up. Don't stay down. You got to get up. That means I sat down to gather myself. I cried. I felt it. I began to pray. I aligned myself with God. In the process, I then began to declare how good he is, how faithful he is, his power, his ability to turn this around. And then while I was there, I asked for his favor on my life because I'm not living in this. I'm in a rough moment, but I'm not staying here. It's just the road. It's not the destination. I'm going to keep believing. I was built for this. If I'm on the road, God's got a plan to take me through where I am. So put some favor on your boy. I'm getting up. I'm going back into Monday. It's not going to be a horror. It's going to be a marvelous Monday. And by the time I get the Tuesday is going to be terrific. I'm speaking. I don't feel it, but I'm declaring some things over my life. And the Bible says that once he went back to work, he's standing beside the king and he's there with the cup and the king looks at him and he says, how you doing? Because he's kind of important to the king, you know. And the Bible says this in Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 4, the king said, how can I help you? And when he asked this, Nehemiah already had his list together on what he wanted the king to do. Mm-hmm. That means he was expecting God's favor. He wasn't trying to come up with a random thing. He said, no, I prayed for favor. I'm expecting favor. So let me get my list together so when the king asks, we're going to get this thing done. 
And so he said, oh, king, well, thank you for asking. Well, here's the situation. Jerusalem's in a mess. It broke my heart, and I need to go fix it. So since you want to know what you can do for me, let me tell you what you can do. I need, I need you to talk to the man who's over all your forestry. I need to cut down enough trees to go back and rebuild Jerusalem. And by the way, in order to get from here to there with all that wood, i got to go through several providences. And several of those kings are going to see the wood, and they're going to want to take me out and steal all my supplies. And so I also need you to give me a passport. That means I can pass through through there so that I've got protection all along the way and I can get there and by the way king when I get there I'm not just going to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem I'm going to need a house to live in myself and the Bible says the king says okay whatever you need the king gave him provision the king gave him a passport the king gave him protection because he was willing to press through on the road and keep his eye on the destination not just where he is right now he sat down he cried he began to pray after he prayed he began to declare God's goodness over his life he asked for God's favor to rest on him he got back up he went back to work even with his questions even with his doubts even with his pain it wasn't because it was fixed I'm still hurting but I'm walking into my next season knowing that God's able to flip it on its head when I get there but I'm still going to keep trusting him only for the king to ask him what can I do and the Bible says in Nehemiah 2 verse 8 and the king granted these requests Because the favor of God was all over Nehemiah and the king couldn't help himself. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know, you can be on a tore up road right now and have so much favor on your life, you don't even understand it. But if you stop where you are, if you derail, if you start just chasing roads that look smoother and feel better, that favor never has a chance to activate in your life and send you into a dimension that doesn't just change your world, but it changes somebody else's world. You gotta believe, you got to hold on, you gotta keep pushing I know it's hard as a single parent mama but you got to keep pushing with those babies I know the marriage seems to be tough right now but God is able to send you on another dimension in your home in your marriage in your communication I know I know the business is going through a tough time it's crazy but I want you to know that God's economy is not ran by this government's economy God has the ability to get involved and put favor on your life if you don't get stuck on the road and get your eyes back on the destiny nation everything can turn for your good I want you to stand to your feet today if you would you want to get some good vibes in your life you want to get some vibes that outlast the circumstances in your life see when you when you and I handle life God's way instead of allowing life to handle you its way Disappointment can't derail your vibe. It, it, it's not that we fake it. I'm going through a tough time, and I can be, I can admit it, and I can cry. But I got to tell you, at the same, in the same voice, and God is good. Yeah. <laughs> it seems so crazy, but you run into somebody who's got that flowing as greater is the vibe in me than the vibe on the outside of me. That vibe is bad, but this vibe is good. And this vibe in here is going to take over that vibe. I'm living this thing. When, when you understand that, heartbreaks won't bankrupt your joy. No, it's a different world. Consequences can't cancel God's pain over your life. No. His plan is in full effect. Here's what I want you to do today. We're going to close with this. 
I want you to rename your road today. Not based on what you feel, but where you're going. I want you to get a vision for God's plan. You see this right here, ladies and gentlemen, is what we're living our life for. To know Jesus, experience Jesus, fulfill his plan for my life. And when this becomes the focus, then you and I take on the attitude of Jesus. That who the, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the road called the cross. Jesus' road to glory and victory and salvation for us was paved in a beating and a crucifixion and a grave only to have a comeback. And now the glory of his life is from the story of his life. And that's where you get your glory from too. It's the road you did not stop traveling on to get to a place where you knew God was calling you. But the only challenge is the destination has got to be worth the travel. Today, if the destination is not strong enough to draw you through today and keep your eyes on tomorrow, then you need to upgrade your vision for tomorrow. We need a vision stronger. We need a vision full of Jesus. We need a vision full of hope. I'm in this thing. I'm growing. I'm going hard. I'm not backing out. We lean into it so that we can endure today and experience tomorrow. Today, I want you to re rename, redefine your road. No longer about what you feel or the experience, but based on where you're going. This is a road to victory. This is a road to freedom. This is my road. This is my journey to a whole family. This is how I'm living to a free mind. This is where it changes. This is the path, and I'm not quitting. Let's pray about that today. Father, thank you for your word that pushes and challenges and elevates our perspective on you so that we don't get bogged down into the situation of the road that we're in right now. We're all traveling. Some, some roads are smooth. Some roads are rough. But we don't, we don't gauge our life based on the present road we're going on. No, we gauge our life based on the destination we're headed towards. So if we keep our eyes on you, we will make it through this. Today, God, I pray that you would stir something in my friends' lives in this room and online. Right there at Polksy Eyes, we do this life together as we lean into you. I, I pray you would elevate and remind us that your plan is still in full effect. You're not done. You're still working. Even though consequences and, and difficulties have seemed to have derailed our life, you can still bring it all back around, redeem it, and make it work for our good. You're not finished with us yet. So today, God, we get our eyes off of today and we get them back on where you're taking us. We thank you for this opportunity to keep pushing, but Holy Spirit, do in us what we can't do for ourselves. Elevate us as we sit down, as we cry, but as we pray and we realign. We declare your goodness over our life. We continue to decree that you're able to turn this whole thing around. We ask for your favor to rest upon us and now we're going to get back up and go into life, expecting you to turn things around and just as you did for Nehemiah, you're going to do it for us. Today, God, I say yes and amen to the next season of our life. In Jesus' name, everyone shout amen. amen. If you receive it, say amen. Amen, amen, amen.